0: It's a gloomy Friday, April 5th. April 5th, 2019. Didn't nineteen. Didn't didn't April Fool's Day seem a little lackluster to you? Didn't it just, like, the jokes from most of the websites that I would see and, and most of the commentaries and all that, like, most of it I would see as bad. <laughs> most of it I would see as it was terrible this year. Usually there's, like, good jokes, a couple of good, um... Uh, haha moments from you know some prominent websites and all that. This year, it just seemed it was lackluster, and maybe that's because April Fools is you know a, it's kind of stupid anyway. Everybody knows you don't go onto the internet and believe anything that you read on April Fools Day, among other things, you know. And uh, it's funny. I actually sat here. I actually sat for a good twenty minutes before hitting the record button. To start today's episode I was actually thinking about just pushing it off this week And uh, and taking a break uh, From from internet interactions with people uh, And you know I, I It's something that I have to learn to slow down on the internet sometimes uh, Things like Twitter Twitter is like the home of hot takes You know You only have 280 characters To express something Or you can go into a long ridiculous thread That sometimes are hard to read Because of the way that Twitter you know produces out. I mean it's better now, but if you just catch the middle of a, a Twitter thread or something, or if you have to if you try to have a an elongated dialogue on Twitter, it's almost impossible. And people will judge you on the two hundred and eighty characters alone. Uh, and context can get lost. It's it's really you know, talking on the internet, social media, as great as it is, a lot can get lost in the sauce with that stuff. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Um it, it's kind of ridiculous. In in this case, it was about uh, it was about democracy. I actually shared a a snippet from Edmund Burke, who you know I I really do like the works of Edmund Burke, and uh, I came into liking Edmund Burke from the musical seventeen seventy six, which I grew up on, and I have every line of it memorized and can sing every song and all that crap. Uh, the quote from Edmund Burke was. Uh, as follows, quote, In a democracy, the majority of the citizens is capable of exercising the most cruel oppressions upon the minority. And I put it out there, you know, as a warning, because somebody was talking about democracy, popularity, abolishing the electoral college, and, uh, you know, it was Andrew Yang. That's that's who it was. It was Andrew Yang talking about, the only thing standing between me and the presidency is popularity. The, the crux of, uh, the, the crux of the nerd popularity. You wouldn't think that with all the Comic-Cons that are, you know, a, a thing. And, you know, I know tons of people that play uh, uh, Magic the Gathering, myself included, and all that. You would think that uh, the nerdy thing would be a, a mountain overcome by now. But apparently it's not overcome by now. But I replied to it, and Scott Stanson, he's a, he's a big Universal Basic Income Fella, who who I follow on Twitter I followed him for a while And it, it's because I'm trying to dig up more information Because universal basic income is becoming a bigger talking point in politics And a lot of people don't even, you know Understand the size and the scope of, of what's behind the universal guaranteed Or universal basic income arguments And yeah, I respect Scott Stanson I, I'm, I'm not here to be, you know, a guy poking, you know A stick at him and just being a pain in the butt And contrarian to him, all the time, and that's how I think. So I mean, sometimes I think people might take me that way, and I don't, you know, I don't know if that's how I'm coming off. It's hard to tell how you you yourself are coming off, especially from behind a phone screen on your Twitter account. You know what I mean? Um, So I posted it. Me and Scott got into a back and forth because uh, you know I I tend to be a little skeptical on the word of democracy. Uh, a true democracy. Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people are though. Uh, in, in in terms of a true democracy, a true like one for one vote can determine things. I don't think anybody likes the aspect of fifty one percent of the people being able to do, being able to outrule the forty nine percent of the people, uh, in things like that. I think, but people on Twitter. I mean, they can they can really jump down your throat in a way that, like, you know, maybe, like, it made me reevaluate. I went back and looked at every tweet that I wrote, and I thought, did I come off like an ass or something? Like, why are people jumping down my throat? Why are people calling me an idiot? You know, you get all that when you talk about something on Twitter. You're talking about an environment that is, A, full of trolls, and you can't ever tell who the trolls are. B, sarcasm doesn't have a font. I don't know. Sidebar, why haven't we worked this one out yet? All right, I mean, especially libertarian folks, you know, my peoples, free marketers. How come we haven't gotten the sarcasm thing solved in a font yet? All right, and italics don't count, and tagging something as sarcasm doesn't count. It has to be a font. It has to be some kind of font in which people can read the sarcasm. Because sometimes you read words on the screen, and you're just like, is this person serious or what? I don't even know. But it's hard to have a debate, it really is hard to have a debate on a platform where your characters are limited, and you might have to do multiple threads and multiple lines and all that, so if anybody, by chance, caught any of those tweets and disagreed with me and thought I was an ass, I mean, I hope that you're listening right now and going, okay, maybe I did misunderstand this guy, uh, because I I'm skeptical of democracy and of voting on things, because... I have a core set of principles that would suggest that we all have unalienable rights. Or, or, or inalienable rights. Well, I mean, whichever way have you you want to pronounce. Yes, uh, Mr. Jefferson. It uh, so happens that the word is unalienable, not inalienable. I'm sorry, Mr. Adams, but inalienable is correct. I happen to be a Harvard graduate, Mr. Jefferson. Uh, I attended Uh, William and Mary, Mr. Adams. Gentlemen, please. Mr. Jefferson, will you yield to Mr. Adams' request? No, sir. I will not. Oh, very well. I withdraw it. Oh, good for you, John. <laughs> yes, yes, that. I believe that there's certain unalienable rights that you have. They don't come from the government. They didn't come from a king. They didn't come from a president of the United States. We don't have rights in that sense. Other than what we agree upon. But there's certain key unalienable ones that should pre that should be preserved, never exploited, Or taken away without due process of our laws That I do believe And when you believe that It's kind of hard to succumb to the whole Like, you know, wait, if a bunch of people popularly You know, if it's a popular opinion That uh, one of those is no longer an unalienable right Of the people, we can take it away As long as the majority of us say it's okay And that is good and just and moral It's really hard arguing point to sell me. And I say this as a guy, I mean, you know, I'm no big man. I don't own some big corporation. I don't make a lot of money. I work in corrections. I work in prison, all right? So I catch flack from everybody, by the way. (laughs) I catch flack from my very own libertarian folk who, you know, don't like law enforcement and the way it's carried out right now. whole different debate for a whole different time. Sure But I work in a prison I work in a prison from pe- with people who have lost Certain rights From the government You think people in prison have a right to privacy? You don't You don't have a right to privacy in prison Because you're not private There's nowhere you can be private There's actually laws against isolation So you can't be alone At least not for elongated periods of time But When you're in a prison, your stuff isn't your stuff It's stuff that you bought from the state And it's subject to search at any time I can come knocking on the door Any time It's actually part of my job to just randomly Go to cells And shake them down To ensure that contraband's not in the facility It's actually part of my job I live in a totalitarian world Thus I fear A totalitarian world (laughs) It's a great deterrent when you can see in action what it can do. And, you know, sad to say, I've seen what people in power can do. And I I have seen what people who get power can do. What it does to their heads. So if there's things I'm skeptical of, democracy, in the purest form of its term... Skeptical of it And when you try to call America a democracy Using the purest simple term You can say you have a different understanding of it all you want Which Scott Stanson does He provided me with a great article That lays out why he uses the word democracy And believes it's interchangeable I do not I do not I believe it cheapens the word democracy And people become far more accepting of the blanket term democracy. And I believe that that's a bad thing. So I will always kind of be a dissenter in that sense. And when people use a blanket term like that, I yeah, I do get a little skeptical. And I do feel the need to speak out a little bit. Granted, that doesn't mean that I don't think people shouldn't be able to vote on things. That we can't have these discussions, that we shouldn't have elections, and you know, elected officials, elective representation. There was another bit that stemmed from that argument: elective representation, or as they called it, a representative democracy, which again is kind of not exactly what America is, but it's closer than just saying democracy, uh, an elected democracy. With a representative, uh, again, I'm going to, uh, again, I'm I'm drawn to Edmund Burke, who stated, "Quote: Your representative owes you not his industry only, but his judgment, and he betrays you instead of serving you if he sacrifices it to your opinion." End quote. And I believe, you know, some people might see that and say that that's not a representative doing their job. But if I'm electing a representative, I want them to take in consideration not only what the public opinion is of a, of a situation and a matter, but also those same unalienable rights, the ones that, that we agreed have not actually come from the government, but that are. That is wherein I want a representative. I want that person, he or she, male or female, gay or straight. Religious or atheist, I want them to weigh each individual person's unalienable rights. They're not collective rights. They're individual rights of the people. And that's where having these debates in American politics becomes problematic because so many people are of a collectivist mindset. They are of the collective, they are of the masses, they are of the people, the will of the people. And it's a very, very fine line to walk and to not only state my opinions and views of what the government should be able to do and should not be able to do, but also why and what other means and methods do we have at our disposal for things that we're looking for the government to accomplish. It becomes very hard, as I've said already, it becomes very hard on the internet to talk about these kind of things. Uh, on text alone, if we're not writing blogs. And studies already suggest that people do not read the articles. People do not read as much as they used to anymore. The data would suggest that people skim and see a headline or see a hot take tweet and just leave it at that. And it's, it's, it becomes kind of frustrating. It becomes kind of frustrating, given the fact that when I tweet something out, you know what, I, you're right, I don't think about the fact that I am confined to 280 characters. And I'm not tweeting out anything for having anybody agree to me, either. My whole Twitter account isn't to sit here and amass as many followers as I can, you know, to stroke my ego. I don't care about that stuff. I didn't start FritzCast the podcast, or any of my political opinions, to try to gain popularity. I put it out there as a means to vent my own mind of my thoughts, other people's thoughts, and coming somewhere in the middle of of good compromises, but also understanding different views and perspectives. That's that's my whole stick, if you will. And maybe I just have to be a tad more aggressive in, in towards myself. Or maybe aggressive isn't the right word, but maybe a tad more disciplined myself to get my points across. But some people, I mean, some people just seems like, like you, you comment on the internet and they feel like you're out to get them, that you're attacking them. That's not what it is. That's not what I'm trying to do. And I hope nobody's taking it that way. I really hope nobody's taking it that way. But I can't help how other people are going to take things. I really can't. So that was what was bouncing around in my head before doing this episode, and and uh, th- this this one's not going to be a long one. This is this one's not for the record books, as it were. But it's something to think about. I mean, you know, the, the, I, I I could use outside perspective on how I present my ideas and my you know my thinkings and my leanings as well. Um, so I mean, if there's, I mean, if you if you guys have you know tips for me, <laughs> send them my way because my god sometimes i almost felt like just logging out of twitter and not not logging back on for the rest of the weekend uh over it just because i felt like people were not getting my point uh and thinking that i was just being hostile towards them that's not that's not the goal and if i was i'd i apologize to anybody if they felt i was being hostile towards them if they took it that way but i was not Trying to be hostile I Was not trying to be holier than now Or anything of that nature I was just prespe- presenting a different perspective That's all I was trying to do That's what I get though That's what I get So, And besides, this news week has been slow anyway What, well, like, like most of what the news has been this week Is just Joe Biden Je- Like Joe Biden, oh my god Joe Biden gropes people Okay, first off out of all the videos that we have known have that have existed of Joe Biden, <laughs> which, this is nothing new. This is what gets me, too. This is nothing new here. These videos existed under the Obama administration. This stuff was happening under the Obama administration. We watched it live. We watched it live on the news. All right, We watched it on television live. Joe Biden is a, you know, a weird, close, touchy, feely type of guy that really probably ninety percent of the rest of the world goes, ugh, when they see it or or have it done to them. But to go as far as to say he gropes people, you know, and he and he uh to say that he violates their boundaries, that's that's up to individuals. And women have come out and said they felt uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, mind you. Not like, oh, uh, he molested me. But they've said that they were uncomfortable by his advances and his closeness and his touchy-feely stuff. And the Democrats are now jumping on top of it because, you know, it's a, it is it, it is the social justice world of, of collapsing these people. And I think, honestly, I think there's a little bit of influence from Donald Trump and MAGA behind it because uh, they've... Uh, Donald Trump and MAGA's strategy have kind of bluntly pointed out that they fear Joe Biden more than the other candidates, and that's that goes in tandem with something that I've been saying, where from my observations at least anyway Joe Biden seemed to be and possibly still is, it's not written off yet uh, but seemed to be the most likely candidate to assure a Trump defeat and it's funny In my mind How the Democrats had no Issues with Joe Biden Over this stuff For the past Eight years Right? Well now we can say like Ten years uh, While he was vice president under Barack Obama uh, Had no issues with this until now And now it's an issue And now it's a, a talking point But you know what you're talking about The same people I read an article. Alright, Pete Edge, who is a wildly popular Democratic candidate, also um also openly gay, married uh to his husband for however long uh it's been. I, I'm not one hundred percent on Pete Edge, so I'm not gonna try to try to lay out his entire history here for you. Uh but uh I, I read an article from the Hill, from the Hill about how Pete Edge... I hope I'm saying his last name right, Butt-Head Edge. It's such an odd last name. I read an article on The Hill about how he's in hot water for saying All Lives Matter back in 2015, not understanding the connotations of the phrase All Lives Matter in 2015, which apparently it had negative connotations because you were directly speaking out or attacking the Black Lives Matter crew. You know, I don't, I don't know. But how how saying all lives matter... How conveying a sentiment that all lives matter what is bad... And could put your run at the presidency in jeopardy... Is, a, is just a tad ridiculous. And right now the Democratic Party is suffering from what I believe is... Um, perfection Syndrome... Like, they have to find the perfect candidate to prop up on a pedestal to defeat the Orange Man. Mind you, the calls for the Mueller report being released have not ceased. We all know that the Mueller report's going to be released. It's not a big thing. That's not like, you know, Oh, they're being super secretive with it and they're concealing the information from us. No, they've already, they've already sta- stated that probably by mid-April, mid to late April, that's the earliest that the report could... Be re- released publicly They've already stated it but we still Have It's it's such a political bullshit selling Point and the media Won't stop can't stop won't stop With the hashtag release the full Report and harping on Releasing the full report when it's coming It's, get, it's going to be released It is going to be released but we have This false narrative that It's being held and Scrummed of information And redacted and parts will be blacked out And people won't be able to actually see the full report The report's coming It we It's a non-political talking point There's nothing to talk about In regards to that report Until it is released And I don't get where Periodically reminding Well not periodically More like every waking minute of the day Reminding the government that We want the full report The full report's going to be released. Nobody ever said that the full report wasn't going to be released or was in jeopardy of not being released. But that goes back to last week's episode where I said, Barr is under fire now, and, and if the full report comes out and it doesn't satisfy the media and the left's talking points, they will start to criticize Mueller. Meanwhile... As I already stated, Tulsi Gabbard is one of the handful of people, if there is if there even is a handful of people talking about how we can secure our election in twenty twenty against the Russia means that actually did hack our election. That's that's the craziness that we're at right now. But that was the news week this past week has all just been about crazy Uncle Joe and touchy feely. That's all it's been. And I'm not gonna raffle on for an hour or forty minutes about Joe Biden and touchy touchy. I'll go after Joe Biden on his own freaking record. I don't need to pull out things that he gets too close to people and violates their personal bubbles. Uh I I don't think he does it on purpose. I don't think he does it in a pervy way, mind you, either. I think he probably does it absent-mindedly and it puts people in an awkward position because it's hard it's hard to be in that position. It makes it awkward. When you try to think of, like, how do you say, hey, yo, get out of my space to, like, the Vice President of the United States or something like that. I mean, I can get that. I hope it's not contributing to a culture and and, and making it an acceptable thing, because it's not. But I just don't want to talk about it for 40 minutes. I really don't. I really don't. And I don't think it's going to count Joe Biden out either. You know, this is not the last that you've heard of Joe Biden. Okay? It's not. Joe Biden's... Still in that mix Even though he hasn't I say all this too he, He still hasn't officially said he was running In the first place Like how far I wonder how far Joe Biden could go saying Without saying that he's actually running Could he actually win like the Democratic nomination Without actually declaring that he was running That's That'd be crazy right I mean you have to file paperwork that says you're running And all that crap Right but to public to not publicly come out and say that you're running, could you could you get away with it? I don't know. It's an interesting concept, but anyway, that's actually that's going to cut it for the episode today. I just I, I needed to get my thoughts out about what I spouted on Twitter and and how maybe I came off the wrong way. I don't even know. Um, maybe I'm just overthinking it, and maybe I do. Maybe I do just need to disconnect for a couple of days and get off the environment because, my God, Whew, my God. I woke up this morning to my cell phone having like 50 notifications. And I was like, Jesus Christ. No. Just no. So, guys, thanks for listening for this week. Uh, I'm still building up the uh, episode for the Electoral College and voting. Scott Stanson actually gave me some, some good ideas. And he might be a guy that I have to reach out to and talk to a little bit more. Maybe even invite on the program. I don't know. But uh, until then, keep in mind uh, the Electoral College voting. I I want people's thoughts on that. I'm going to reach out to more people. try to get many different perspectives involved in my episode on it. And maybe, maybe, maybe a few guests. We'll see about that, though. So follow me on Twitter at FritzQS. It's Facebook.com slash the FritzCast and FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in direct touch with me. I love you all. I hope you have a good weekend and I'll see you all next week. Hopefully we're not talking about crazy uncle Joe and smelling hair. All right. Love you.